to the Restored and Rooted podcast. My name is Ashley Burson-Jones and I am super excited to be starting this with you guys. I have been really nervous about doing this. I was feeling so much imposter syndrome and like people in my life were going to judge me or think that I was weird for doing something like this, but (laughs) I really just spent a lot of time with the Lord and like I just, I'm trusting him to really do something here so I'm hoping and trusting and having faith so I'm super excited to really be doing this with you guys. I spent a couple of hours in the word this morning. I think you guys are going to really really enjoy it. If your heart is postured towards God then this is going to be great. Today we're going to be talking about being rooted in faith which is a kind of easy thing to wrap your mind around. But in the same breath, God really put it on my heart that I needed to drive some of these simple things home because we get so lost in theology and Bible translations and all of these different things that we lose sight of basic foundation and being rooted in what it really means to be a child of God. So I'm going to start out with a prayer and we will jump into the meat and potatoes. Heavenly Father fall fresh on us right where we are today dear lord meet each and every one of us where we are whether it's in our cars or in our homes no matter what we are doing i ask that you still our minds and open our hearts to receive from you today dear god i ask that your words be on my lips and you guide me as i speak to these women and men uh, about who you are and what it means to be rooted in you dear lord let no word go unheard or received by one of your children the enemy has no space here dear lord anything that is not of you i ask that it be removed and you completely insert yourself in the process in jesus name amen it is easier to have faith in what we can see than what we can't see it is so much easier to have faith in your own ability, to have faith in your dad or your mom, to have faith in the things that you can see um, and old reliable than the things that you can't see. And God, the creator, he's the alpha, the omega, El Shaddai, like I could go on, but it's so much easier to have faith in what we can see in our flesh and in the physical than what is working and going on in the spiritual. To be rooted, we have to know what rooted looks like and what God has to say about faith and grace and mercy and our afflictions and all of these things in his word so that we can move forward in faith and grace and obedience and all of the things. Those basic foundational things are important. I personally have struggled in many areas of my life that led to cycles of sin and destruction completely destroyed my life, destroyed my family, all of my relationships, my kids, um, because of a lot of the things that I have done and that my husband have done will live their entire lives with permanent scars that I have asked God to cover every night that I put them to bed. 
and it just is what it is. But God, right? But God, he always shows up. He's right on time. And that is what's so great about the God that we serve. And there's no place for our ego and our pride in the kingdom of God. All of that has to go. We can't take it with us to heaven. We can't get into heaven if we live a life controlled by our ego and pride. It's just not happening. So all of that has to go. And we have to really understand that we can't do this without God. We just can't. I've, I don't know about you, but I've tried. I've tried to do it in my own strength, in my own will, in my own power, my own everything. And I failed miserably. So I know I can't do this without God. And it is my conviction that we as a people can't do this life without God. We can do it okay. Um, the devil can bless us too. There, there. We can try, but we can't do anything well and with excellence without God. And being rooted in him is a heart posture. It, it, it happens in your heart. It doesn't happen in the big things. It doesn't happen in just our actions. It starts in our heart. We have to posture our hearts with the Lord to really be able to be rooted in him and move forward and spread his love to everyone around us so that they want to get in that sacred place with the Lord too. Let's start this out by talking about mercy and grace. These are basic concepts that I personally, as a new follower of Christ, had no idea what grace was. Like I thought I knew and I was wrong. <laughs> um, and I'm sure there's probably a lot of you out there that probably think you have a really firm understanding of God's mercy and his grace and all of these things, but we don't until we actually take the time to understand them and look into the word, see what God has to say, and just really go from there. In my time with the Lord, I've really been shown that there's this cycle that we have to go through as believers. Mercy is God's withholding of judgment. When he shows us mercy, he withholds the judgment. And then there's grace, which is that undeserved salvation that Jesus died on the cross for. And I had no idea what grace meant that with it in the terms of it being something that we don't deserve until I started going to small groups at church. And side note, small groups are so good and so important. I think everyone should be plugged into a small group at some point. You you have to. Like, small groups are amazing. Small groups changed my life. Small groups changed the whole trajectory of my walk with Christ. I was able to dig deeper and fellowship better and just love on God so much more. That's neither here nor there. But anyway, um, God shows us both mercy and grace simultaneously. God ha has to first show us mercy to offer us grace. And this cycle goes something like this. We sin, which means we miss the mark. That's all sinning is definitively in its original translation. It's missing the mark. So we miss the mark. We, God shows us mercy. We ask God, oh, have mercy on my soul, Lord. Have mercy on me. <laughs> 
And then we repent. And we say, God, I did X, Y, and Z. I repent. I want to turn away from that life, from those things, from those actions, from that feeling. Search me, God. Change me. And then God gives us grace. He covers us in an undeserved salvation, an undeserved forgiveness that no matter how hard we worked for it, we could never earn it. That's grace. Grace is so rich. I think, and this is just me, I think that God's grace is such a huge part of God's character. His grace is such a big part of his character because God can judge and he will. You know, we will all face our true judgment um, either at the rapture or when we die. And yeah, that, that's going to be a thing. But today, where I sit, how I breathe, right in this moment, I can call upon such a loving, caring God in my times of weakness and my times of dirtiness and shame where I feel like nothing in the world could clean me and he covers me. He covers me. And nothing, I just got goosebumps just just saying that God covers me and he covers each and every one of us that seek him and we repent and we say, God, I am sorry that I defiled your name. I am sorry that I defiled myself, my temple. God, forgive me. I repent. And he's faithful to do that. If we choose to repent and turn away, he is faithful to do that. And that is the best part in to me <laughs> as a sinner, as a Christ-following sinner, choosing to turn away from sin every opportunity that I get that's huge because I will miss the mark. I will. There will be days where I am not enough and I need God to be my legs and my eyes and my ears because I am not enough today. Fill my cup, God. Fill me up because I am not enough. And he is always enough. Did you know the difference between grace and mercy? I'm really curious. I know, as like I said, a new Christ follower, I had no idea what the difference was. I'm very curious to see how many of you really knew that difference um, in that sin cycle and how simple that process really is if, of asking for mercy, receiving the mercy, repenting, and being covered in grace. It really is a simple cycle that we overcomplicate and the world overcomplicates too. Christianity, religion overcomplicates it. So I am really curious about that. Now, if we know how we keep our lifeline to the Lord in constantly living in this repentance cycle, how do we know that our roots are planted? How do we know that these prayers are, God is hearing us, right? And that we're getting somewhere. Do we, how do we know? And that's what we're going to talk about next. There is something in the faith community that we refer to as blind faith. And faith in itself, in its definition to a Christ follower, is blind. So adding blind onto blind faith, I guess it's a way to add a little bit more description 
to make it more understandable. We use faith interchangeably as a descriptor for our identity in Christ. I have faith. I have faith in something bigger than me. I have faith in something that can cover me and protect me. In Hebrews 11, 11 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We find hope in Christ and trust in what we can't see. I was not there when Jesus was hung up on that cross. And I was not there in the darkest day of history. But I find hope in him. When I look at the cross, I see a little bit of myself. Because Christ lives within me. The whole, I have the Holy Spirit with me every single day. And when I look up at that cross, I do, I see, and that may sound narcissistic, but I think in some way, all of us, we see a little bit of ourselves in Christ. We see our suffering. We see our afflictions and our pain and our wounds in Christ. And we find hope in knowing that he went before us. Before I suffered a day in my life, Christ went before me and, and paid the ultimate price. He went before us in everything. So we have to trust that God knows how to use all of that. And that is faith in, in its wholeness is just trusting and obedience. We also have to trust that God knows how to communicate with us in the spirit and stop searching for so many signs and revelations all the time. Uh, God speaks to each of us in a different, different way. But we get lost in wanting God to speak to us clearly and vividly and, and lay it all out. I know me, I've, I have, I'm like, God, I need you to give me clear, very clear directions on what I need to do. Because if not, I don't know if I'm going to make it. If, if you don't give me some really clear insight I don't know if I'm going to see the other side. I don't know if I'm going to make it to the promise. I don't know what the next step is. I just don't know. And sometimes that's where this blind faith comes in. We have to trust God in the unknown and trust that he's going to show up right on time every single time. And so personally within myself, I've had to surrender my confusion and just choose obedience and choose to trust him and that his hand is in what I'm doing. Even with this podcast, this is so weird for me. And I've recorded <laughs> so many episodes in my own strength and in my own crap. And then I just finally was like, God, help me. Help me do this. And here we are now finally recording something that is so beautiful. So that's blind faith. It's trusting. So when you're trying to think about how do I, how do I know that my, my repentance matters? How do I know that God is showing me grace? You have breath in your lungs. So God has shown you mercy and grace. You don't have to face your judgment before your repentance. That's how you know that God shows mercy and grace. That that is the beauty of the God that we serve. 
And when the, when the faith, when you're walking in faith with the Lord and trusting in the Lord and you're staying grounded in what he says about who you are and what you're supposed to be doing and following him, it's peaceful in the storm. The storm doesn't scare you anymore because you believe in the God and the Christ that came and died that stilled the storm, that calmed the storm. The winds obeyed him. You don't have to live in chaos. And that's being rooted is when the world is in discord, when everything around you is in discord, but you have peace. That is the fruit of your walk with Christ. That is the fruit of being rooted in Christ is you have peace in that storm. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I personally, my mind runs a mile a minute. So spending time with God just gives me that escape from what's going on in the world around me and what's going on in my mind. Even if I'm standing in the kitchen and I'm cooking dinner, I bake. I bake a lot. I love to bake. It's my favorite thing to do. And when I'm baking, it's something that I don't really have to think about. So when I'm in the the midst of doing that, I'm able to spend time with the Lord. And it just gives you an escape from everything that's going on. And it's peace in the storm. My I could have so many bills due and I'm like, I'm trusting you, God. I don't know what you're trying to make me do right now, but I'm trusting you. And he provides and I have peace in the storm. And that is blind faith. And it's a requirement. It is not a optional skill for the job. If you are going to be a child of God, the blind faith is a requirement because there will be a lot of unknown and a lot of obedience and trusting that has to happen. And I would encourage each of you when you are going into your quiet time with the Lord or just spending time with him in general, ask him, say, hey, God, remove any thoughts from my mind that are from the enemy. Remove any thoughts in my mind that are in my flesh so that I can hear from you. I want to hear from you, Lord. I want to know in this moment that what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling, well, even feelings are unreliable, but I want to know in this moment that what I'm thinking is from you. God will be faithful to do that. He always provides. He always uh, shows up where's he, where he's needed. He stops time and interjects himself because that's the God that we serve. We serve a God that is not, his time is not linear. He knows the past, the present, the future, and he can insert himself in any circumstance at any time and make it right. So that is the blind faith that is being rooted in a God that knows no bounds. He is not in a box. He is everywhere and in everything. And looking for his fingerprints on your life should be at the top of your priority list. If you want for me to do an episode on discerning your mental chaos, let me know. I would love to do that. I am someone that is mentally chaotic all the time and finding space to abide in the Lord, even in the midst of the chaos, doing dishes, getting the kids ready for bed, anything has been something that I have really worked hard on. I will be doing an episode soon about parenting with ADHD and abiding in the Lord and what God has to say about um, stillness and being overproductive because that is a thing. Um, <laughs> so just keep an eye out for that. Um, but yeah, having faith in the midst of pain and adversity is 
harder than in the good times. It's easy to call upon the Lord and thank him and give him glory in the good times. But in the hard times, it's hard, so hard <laughs> to have that blind faith and abide in him. And that is where the enemy uses to attack us and change our minds about who God is. So we have to learn not to take life into our hands. And that's the hard part. The last two things were the easy parts, really. Uh, blind faith, you can do. You just got to work at it and practice. It just takes practice. Um, the A repentance cycle of mercy and grace, it takes practice. But the last one, not operating in our own ability, it's painful. It's really painful. As we're looking at operating in our own ability in the midst of the pain and how do we navigate this adversity? Like it hurts, it hurts like... I want us to really look at Job because we all, life gets Joby. Life gets real Joby. I have said this so many times. There was a point where um, I was living in, in a house and my rent was very, very, very cheap for the market, like half the price of the market. And I was always like, oh, thank God my rent's only this much. I lived in a terrible neighborhood. It was really bad, but it's what we could afford. And my landlord decided to sell our house and we had one month because I was on a month to month lease. We had one month to figure out where we were going to go. I had trusted God and obedience and I quit my job and I didn't know what we were going to do, where we were going to go. I thought we were going to end up back at my mom's or at my sister's in another state. And if anyone, if you don't know, I live in the sunny state of Florida where everything is crazy expensive but very beautiful and um god provided he showed up we now have a bigger place and he really he stepped in and worked it all out so that was a time where i literally quoted i think i made a tiktok video that life is real joby out here because <laughs> i got sick the last week that we were supposed to be moving i still hadn't found a place i was uh, someone stole all my debit cards out of my car like it was just <sighs> when it rains it pours but won't he do it anyway <laughs> so let's let's take a page out of uh good old job's book so this is job 13 14 through 16 why do I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hands? Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Even so, I will defend my own ways before him. He also shall be my salvation, for a hypocrite could not come before him. Like Job, we have to ask ourselves, why do we try to control our own lives? Because we suck at it. The, the state of our free world is literal proof that we suck at it. God is the only one who can, though he slay me, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Everything in life isn't God's doing. When trouble comes, we want to dismiss it so often as Satan or God testing us. When we, we put it, we did it to ourselves. We really did it to ourselves. But though he slay me. This goes back to the first part where if we are in a mess that is our own, we lay it before God. We, we give it back. 
give it back. Give it to God and don't take it back. Lay it at his feet and leave it there. Give it to him and let him keep it so that he can work it out, so that he can show you mercy, so that he can show you grace, so that he can do what only he can do. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. When it is a a season of testing and trusting, especially those seasons where you're forced to spend time with yourself, boy, when you are forced to dig and carve out the guts of all the things that you've been indoctrinated for your entire life, of all your sin cycles, and really face yourself, though he slay me, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Get into the sacred place with God and you will see the, ro- the roots begin to spread to everything that you come in contact with. Just get into that place with him. Get into a place of such constant relationship with the Lord that you don't have to question whether it was him or if it was Satan. Get into that constant, constant cycle of communication, that open line of communication with the Lord that you only word you can say is, though he slay me, though he slay me, I will trust you. I will trust in you, God. And you will see the fruits. You will see the fruit. The fruit of the spirit are proof that we are operating in Christ's power, not in our own. If you really, really are in that place with the Lord and you are trusting in him and abiding in him, you will see fruit. You will bear fruit. What is a fruit tree, a fig tree, if it is not bearing fruit? It is useless. It has no use. And there's the parable that Jesus says about the the harvest, that if there's weeds in the harvest, won't it? It'll kill the crop if you pull the weeds out too soon. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Don't pull the weeds the the weeds out. Don't pull the weeds out too soon. Trying to operate in your own flesh and in your own power that you miss your harvest and you're not able to bear fruit because you then end up in another dormant season waiting waiting for the opportunity to knock. So I want you to state right where you are right now and declare it. Though he slay me, God, I will trust you. Though you slay me, God, I will trust you. And I challenge you to ask yourself, how can we lay a hold of Christ's power and defenses instead of using our own? Of course, the answer is the armor of God, but that's a conversation for the next podcast. But though he slay you, will you trust him? So to wrap all of this up, I just want to encourage you, just be rooted. Being rooted is a heart posture. It is in the heart. It is first getting into a habit of a repentance cycle. It is having a blind faith that no one around you understands, but you are trusting. And then saying, though he slay me, I will trust him. Even in the hard times, the hardest, darkest places of your life are where your faith are tested. And that is the proof of your roots. How far out do your roots spread? 
Do they spread to everything in your life or only the places that you will let God in? Let him into everything he wants in everything. We must ask God for his mercy and grace each day through repentance and inward looking. Let him in. Let him see it because he already sees it. You trying to hide it, it's not going to work. Just let him in. And we, you just got to lay down your crap. Let the Holy Spirit do what he was sent to do. Let the Holy Spirit do his job. He wants to. The Holy Spirit even prays for us with a moaning and groaning. Like the Holy Spirit prays for us when we're not even in our repentance cycle, when we are just dormant, when we are just spiritually exhausted. The Spirit prays for us. So just lay down the crap. Put on the armor. Protect your investment. Um, and reflect on this, you know, being rooted starts within and we want God to fix everything, but we don't want to deal with the growing pains. We have to face it. You have to face it. I'm still working on this. I am not saying anything to you that I am not still working on, but you got to face it. And the sooner we learn to be fully rooted in Christ, the faster we can grow in our relationship and maturity in Christ. When you get to a maturity and emotional intelligence and in the spirit, you're able to, you really open unstoppable possibilities. The, the possibilities are endless. God can have his way in your life. You, It will change your life. And I'm not talking about the prosperity gospel. I'm talking about in peace and joy and self-control and all of the fruits of the spirit. Like <laughs> he will transform your life, but you got to let him in and you have to want it. So thank you guys so much for listening. And I am so excited to keep going with you guys. I really hope that you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, and connect with me on social media on Instagram and follow us on Instagram. And I want to hear from you, your comments, share this podcast or this video with whoever you think needs to hear this word, especially our newer sisters and brothers in Christ. And I cannot wait to continue moving forward with each and every one of you. And I will be praying for you. If you have any prayer requests, I am always open to prayer requests. I love intercession. Intercession is like one of my favorite things. And I just hope that you all have a beautiful, blessed day and take the time to ask God, search my heart and tell yourself, though he slay me, I will trust him. God bless.